Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. The first reading comes from Jeremiah 28, verses 5 through 9. Then the prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah before the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. He said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back from this place, back to this place from Babylon. Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as, the, as one truly sent by the Lord only if his prediction comes true. The second reading comes from Romans 6, verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 34th verse. Jesus says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. 
Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no doubt today that there is a lot of trouble in the world. There is further no, no doubt today that there is a lot of trouble in the world which involves the lives of Christians. In fact, there is trouble going on in the world which has involved the lives of Christians for the last 2,000 years, and that is genuine persecution. By persecution, I mean where it is, where it is actually a crime, either socially or legally, to confess Jesus Christ as Savior and to call or identify oneself as a Christian, because doing so would mean tremendous ca catastrophic personal and social consequences. This was especially the case under communist rule in Eastern Europe, even more specifically in Romania. Under communist rule in Romania, God raised up a pastor whose name was Richard or, or, or Richard Wurmbrandt. He was a Lutheran pastor who ministered to Christians and also dared, once he became a pastor, to minister to the communist authorities as well as the general public, which was definitely illegal at that time. As a result, he was imprisoned multiple times. The first time he was imprisoned, he was placed in solitary confinement for a number of years. But even while in solitary confinement, he was still able to retain his sanity by, um, by, by, composing, by composing and delivering a sermon each night. He also had such a wonderful memory that he was able to, that he was able to recall more than 350 of those sermons, which he committed to memory and which he later published in a book. He also communicated with other inmates by tapping on the wall in Morse code. He was released from prison after many years, but then, <clears throat> but then, even though he was warned by the authorities not to preach, he continued to preach anyway, so as a result, he was sent back to prison. And here I have to, I, I, I have to issue a bit of a trigger warning here because this describes torture. Unfortunately, this was also the reality um, for, for many Christians during this time period under communist rule in Romania. His, it is said that his physical torture, including mutilation, burning, and being locked in a large frozen icebox, and he continued to bear the scars of his torture for the rest of his life. Finally, many, many years later, after his... Um, Many, many years later, after at least a couple other imprisonments, and after his wife had been falsely told by the authorities that he was dead, 
He was allowed to emigrate to Norway and then ultimately came to America, where he founded an organization called the Voice of the Martyrs. The Voice of the Martyrs still continues to this day. In fact, I have been blessed to, su I, I have been blessed to support them since I was the age of many of, the, of our confirmation students. I highly recommend looking them up online. Voice of the Martyrs, as well as Open Doors USA, another organization, call attention to and advocate for persecuted Christians, as well as provide substantial aid, such as um, food, clothing, and most of all, they are involved in smuggling Bibles and religious materials into countries where Christianity, or at least the freedom to practice certain forms of Christianity, is illegal. The reason I am talking about this is not only to call attention to our brothers and sisters worldwide who are genuinely persecuted for confessing the name of Christ, but even more so to, to demonstrate that the words of Jesus, which we, heard, which we heard in today's gospel reading just now, are definitely true. In fact, I highly recommend Googling testimonies from persecuted Christians. And many of the stories you will find are on the Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors USA websites. They include such stories as, a man, in, a man in Myanmar converted to Christianity after he realized that Jesus was the best way. The, his other villagers got together and tried to stone him and his family in collusion with the local religious authorities. Persecution in India has, has been rising, especially as more people convert to Christianity, earning the ire of their neighbors, even though India is officially a secular, a secular country where theoretically everyone has the freedom to practice the religion of his or her choice. In such countries as Saudi Arabia, it is illegal to be anything except a Muslim. My uncle traveled to Saudi Arabia many years ago and, and forgot that he had his Bible, he had his Bible packed in his luggage. The, uh, the customs officers searched his luggage when they got there and they confiscated his Bible. He was lucky because they could have done far worse. I also, when I was in Ireland, heard of a, um, heard a story from a man who had once served with an Irish oil company in Saudi Arabia who would get together with other Christians and meet in the, uh, meet in the basement of their, of their uh, corporate headquarters building to hold worship services. But, but they, had to, they had to be wary of the security guards and the religious police who would make periodic sweeps through the, through the building. If they, if they had been caught, they could have been deported or worse. So what they would do is that once they heard, once they heard, the, guard, once they heard the guards coming, they would stop their religious services and, uh, um, and start bringing out easels and books and pretend like they were having a business meeting. This sort of thing is not new. It has been happening for the last 2,000 years. And again, Jesus says that even family members will turn against family members because of him. This has actually happened even up to the present day. Um, family members have converted to Christianity and have been disowned by their families. In at least a few well-publicized cases, family members have tried to kill family members for converting to Christianity. We may ask, why? But, but we also have to realize 
that this is something which we, here in America, take for granted. We have the freedom to worship God as he has commanded us. We have the freedom to call ourselves Christians. Yet we also have to realize that there are many of our brothers and sisters who do not have this freedom. And so, we are not only to, take our, to not take our own freedom for granted, but we are also to pray for and work for the freedom of our brothers and sisters all over the world who are currently being persecuted. But again, we might also just as easily ask, why? Why, in certain parts of the world, would anybody want to become a Christian? Would anybody want to follow Jesus if, um, if they are going to be threatened with any kind of persecution? Why, would, why do people still choose to follow Jesus, even though doing so means losing your family, your job, your social standing, your home, maybe even your life? Why still choose to follow Jesus? The answer is actually found in today's second reading, which we heard from Shannon just, just a few moments ago. The reason is because people become Christians because they find something new and better, a better alternative to what they believed in or practiced before, a better life. What does anyone gain from becoming a Christian? Very simply, somebody gains Jesus. You gain Jesus. Recall last week I said that the greatest gift we can give anyone is Jesus. And that is what you gain when you become a Christian. You gain Jesus. You gain a new life. A new life which is not based on works, constant sacrifices, constant doing good to have to, to, have to please God and guarantee your salvation. A new life, you gain a new life which is based on truth. The truth is Jesus. And you gain a new life where you are alive in Christ. You live a new life with a new identity, a new purpose, a new reason to live. And of course, you are going to face opposition for doing so. You are going to, fa you are going to face opposition because not everybody not everybody loves and respects Jesus. Not everybody understands, not everybody understands the new and better alternative that comes from following Jesus. And yet, the miracle that has taken place all over the world is that where Christians have been persecuted, the church, the, the number of Christians has increased by hundredfolds, especially in places like Nepal, and even more surprisingly, in Iran, where being a Christian is severely repressed, and yet the number of Christians appears to grow. Richard Vermbrandt himself tells us why. Persecution has always produced a better Christian, a witnessing Christian, a soul-winning Christian. Communist persecution, indeed, fill in the blank with any kind of persecution, has backfired and produced serious, dedicated Christians such as are rarely seen 
in freelance. These people cannot understand how anyone can be a Christian and not want to win every soul they meet. Perhaps, brothers and sisters, we have much to learn from our own, from our own brothers and sisters who are persecuted. We, we perhaps can learn from our brothers and sisters of their zeal and fervor, the zeal, and, and perhaps we too can have that same zeal and fervor, the desire not just to follow Jesus ourselves, but the desire to let everybody know that Jesus is followable by everybody. The desire not only to live in deep, close, personal relationship with Jesus, but also to let everybody know that Jesus is accessible to everyone, regardless of who you are. We, we not only want to experience Jesus' love for ourselves, but we want everybody to experience Jesus' love. As Richard Wurmbrandt says, where there is love, it is Jesus that will surely triumph. I'm going to be quoting from Richard Wurmbrandt quite a bit, because once again, his life is a powerful testimony for how one's faith can be transformed by persecution. We also can learn from our brothers and sisters to, to, see, to see that Jesus exists in the hearts and minds of other people. We can look into the eyes of another person and not see the enemy, but see Jesus. As Richard Wurmbrandt says, are you seeking Jesus? Where have you been looking for him? As you begin your day, think through the various places you will be and the people you will be with and envision Jesus standing next to you in each of those places. This is what it means to have a new life. And most of all, this is what it means to be alive to Christ and be dead to sin. To leave our old lives how we used to be behind. To leave our old lives and habits that were keeping us from living the kind of life God wanted us to live behind. And embracing the new life that Jesus offers us. In fact, in the next slide, we have the, the, ne the next slide after this one. I did not devise this. I found it on Google. But we have a powerful illustration right here of what it means to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. It means, as our persecuted brothers and sisters have experienced, it means having a new identity, a new purpose, a new reason for living, no longer living for sin, no longer living for selfishness, no longer living simply to serve oneself, but living for Jesus. It means living in a better alternative to what you previously believed in or practiced before. It means living for Jesus. It means not only living to become, to, to become what you want to be, but it means living for what Jesus is causing you to become. Richard Verbrandt says, to believe in him is not such a great thing. To become like him is truly great. Becoming like Jesus means, be, becoming like Jesus means becoming like him in love 
in service and in self-sacrifice, being willing to give ourselves to others so that they may experience Jesus, being willing to give ourselves to others so that they may experience Jesus' love, and being willing to give ourselves to others so that they may experience the kind of life that comes from following Jesus. Last, Richard Vermbrandt quote, Not all of us are called to die a martyr's death, but all of us are called to have the same spirit of self-sacrifice and love to the very end as these martyrs had. Even though we may, not be, we may not have to suffer actual persecution for our faith, we can still learn from our brothers and sisters the spirit of love, of intense love and commitment to God that withstands everything else, that withstands all other pressures and temptations. And we can also, we can also learn of the same spirit of self-sacrifice, of giving to others, as Jesus gave to us. We can remember Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross, as we will do in just a few moments when we come forward to receive Holy Communion. We can remember and give thanks for Jesus' power living in us, as we will experience when we receive his true body and blood. We can remember and give thanks for all the ways Jesus has given himself to us, and in thankful response, give ourselves to others in love and self-sacrifice. This is what it means to be dead to sin, to be dead to selfishness and self-centeredness, and alive to Christ. So let us, with our brothers and sisters all over the world, be alive to Christ today. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always.